because I've been a trainer for so long, I've had and I have trained thousands of women and I have seen thousands of New Year's goals fail over and over again. And I like feel like I know why. Have you ever wondered whether there's actually a sustainable way to balance a healthy and meaningful life with your busy schedule? Well, you're in luck, Balancer, because I did too. And the Balancery podcast is now a dedicated space to be curious in finding a balance that just works. Because since we're being honest here, balance isn't a one-size-fits-all. I'm your host, Erica, and let's dive into today's episode. All right, Balancers, today's guest is someone who kickstarted my fitness journey, someone I'm so excited to sit down and chat with. And she is the co-founder and head trainer of the Sweat app. She's been helping millions of women around the world. And I'm really keen to just get to know her a little bit more. And she's none other than the Kayla at Cenas. Kayla, a warm welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So lovely to have you here and hear your experience in Dubai as well. So I briefly told you a little bit off air, but I think it was about 11, 12 years ago, without making you feel old, (laughs) (laughs) that I... Walked into the gym for the first time and had two things, my water bottle and my BBG guide. Uh, For those of you who are not OGs like me, the BBG guide is the bikini body guide. And at the time, it wasn't this beautiful evolved app that it is today. It was a PDF saved uh, somewhere in my files. And you had had to print it out yourself. Yes, I did (laughs) to handwrite all my, you know, reps and weights and whatnot. Um, And I don't know whether to thank you or not for introducing me to plyometric (laughs) lunges. (laughs) But I have to say that the gym and fitness in general is such a big part of my life today. So a big thank you to you for bringing that to my life. And I know I'm one of millions that you've helped. So thank you for doing what you do. That's so nice. Thank you. You're welcome. I am curious though, when you were like going through school, you know, like when you're younger and you have this idea of what you want to be when you grow up, did you kind of have any random aspirations or like things you wanted to do when you were all grown up? So I will never forget this. When I was in school, uh, when you hit around year 10 uh, in Australia, they have this like careers day and uh, I remember you that. talk about, yeah, okay, great. So you got to you talk about what you want to do and then they give you all these pamphlets and, and all these things and there was so much pressure. And my parents said to me like the day before, they're like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to do something to do with fitness. And I was doing coaching at the time so I was a basketball coach and they're like okay and I remember my mum being like okay well fitness is not a career so unless you're going to be an athlete and because I play basketball she's like unless you're going to be a professional basketball player by the way they don't pay so like think of an actual career and I was like um all right so what about things like maybe like PE teaching she's like that's good because her and her my dad are teachers so I was like okay I'll be a PE teacher for anyone listening that's physical education um so she's like okay do that I always knew I wanted to do something to do with that. That was always me. I never wanted to be like a doctor or anything. No, it was always physical education. Right. So then you started off your career as a PT. No. No. Okay. So I left school. I was actually studying beauty therapy because I did not want to go to school. And (laughs) I was in school. You could do the year 10 where you do the the physical work on the side. Yeah, yeah, I could leave school. (laughs) I finished, by the way, guys. Anyone listening to this? But... um, so I left school, I went into university, I studied teaching. Primary? Primary teaching. I wanted to be, I was, gonna, I was trying to be a physical education teaching, teacher, but you had to do all the subjects to be able to like, anyway. Long story short, I was like walking by one day, going to my beauty course, and there was literally this like, you know the um, 
paper on the wall. I'm trying to describe this while you guys are listening to me. Paper on the wall with like little paper rip-offs. That you, yeah. And it said... On the signboards. Yeah, and it said like personal training. So I was like, oh, I want to do that. So I ripped off the number, put it in my pocket, and then I started doing personal training. I was doing, sorry, I was doing personal training at the time. And I was almost finished because I was like, you know what? To get into physical education, maybe having a personal training degree will help me get there. Anyway, so I finished my personal training course. I rang the number. So this is how I got into fitness. Wow. This is how I got my first job. All right. So anyone listening, this is how I got my first job and it's not what you think. I roll up to this place and this lady says to me, uh, I'll be with you in a moment. So she's the owner of the business, the personal training center. So I'm sitting on the table and then she goes to sit down in front of me and she goes to say, hi, I'm, and I literally was like, I'm so sorry. And I realized there was a guy bringing water containers in trying to open the door and bring the water containers in at the same time. So I got up and I opened the door for the guy, held the door open, helped him take the waters in and I sat back down. I was like, sorry. And she goes, you're hired. Oh, wow. Literally, that's how I got my first job. Not are you a good personal trainer? Not can I see your skill set? She goes, people can't teach that. You're hired. That's how I got my job as a personal trainer. I wonder, do you, I don't know how involved in the hiring you are of your business, but do you kind of have a similar approach to when you bring people on to help you grow whatever it is you're going to grow in terms of you hire them based off who they are, not necessarily the expertise? Yeah, the trainers at Sweat, which I work really closely with, are all, like I look at them, I look at their morals, the way that they treat other people, the way that they, you know, are are close with their family, the way that they have, you know, the way that they treat me and speak to me and the staff. And I'm like, you're a good person. You're amazing. Yeah, it's so true because there's stuff you can't teach. You can Absolutely. always teach things in a textbook, skills, um, but but those things are inherent to who you are. So if we pivot a little bit now, obviously the podcast is all about balance. And I guess my whole curiosity kick-started when I was feeling like I was trying to juggle work and everything in my life and always feeling overwhelmed doing so. And I'm quite an ambitious person like yourself and I really just felt like this want to have some sort of balance in my life was taking away from my big goals. I felt like I couldn't have both. And I was like, you know what? I really think there is a sustainable way to do this somehow. So the balance theory, I guess, kind of is based on the idea that you have your health, number one, your relationships, and then your fulfillment, whether that be your career, your hobbies. I mean, you're a mum, so that will be raising your kids, things that fulfill you. And instead of looking at it as juggling balls, it's looking at these areas as gardens and saying, okay, what's the bare minimum these areas need in order to be alive, basically, so that I'm not neglecting them completely? Because I feel like what we do is something might come up in our health, right? We get really shocking news. We need to run and go all in on our health. We neglect everything else. Or work gets crazy. We've got projects. We've got events. We've got certain goals. You go all in on your career and you forget everything else. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel the balance gets tipped in the wrong way. So I'm curious to know if if in your current or past experience, I'm not sure if your business is at a point now where you can kind of have a little bit more of that balance with your family and your friendships. Have you ever had a moment where you do really feel that overwhelm in trying to achieve that balance for yourself? Look, with – and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, because I don't have a nine-to-five job. So, like, my, my career allows me – to be able to both Jay and I to be home with the kids but also be able to work because we are global because it is social because we can I don't feel that there is um, a massive imbalance when it comes to like home life and work life I also don't think that we should be teaching people that it should be 50 percent so like I'm sick of this whole like you know 50 percent work 50 percent like your life it's that's 
not life. That's mm. not balance at all. So if you if you are considering your life, um, or you're considering the word balance to be 50% of your work and 50% no, zero. As soon as that scale tips, you just feel like you've lost control of everything. Yeah, so absolutely. I think as well, looking at it through the lens of time is really uh, detrimental because I feel like even just that work-life balance statement, right, f gives that 50-50 or some people even throw around like an 80-20 rule. And my whole thing is even if – so with work, that's generally the majority of our week. A lot of people listening to this are going to have a 9-to-5 or a business and that's going to take up the majority of their week. So to say that – that's going to be equal to my health. Like I wouldn't spend eight hours in the gym even if you paid me. You know what I mean? It's not about the time that you put into these areas. It's about the quality and what I like to call it is like your bare minimum. So if we kind of go back to that garden analogy, it's saying, okay, my health garden, what's the bare minimum it needs? I don't need to, to put in eight hours a day like I do my job, right? That's a bare minimum for my job. My health maybe looks like an hour of movement, 10 minutes of meditation and and being hydrated and my sleep, for example. I think you're throwing me with the bare minimum thing. So I would say if I go to bed every night and I think to myself, have I paid enough attention to my health or my relationships, let's just say across a week, right, yep. so that I don't feel like that area of my life's neglected, what's the bare minimum that area needs? So for my health, it's those things for me that I've just said. In my relationship, it looks like uh, one date night where we have like just a night, the two of us. And because I'm not around my family anymore, when I was in Australia, that looked like family dinner every Monday yeah, night. Yeah, I get you. Now it's like a FaceTime on a Sunday. So if I go across a week and I miss one of those things, I really feel it. I feel like something's missing. I feel off. Like I don't feel grounded. Um, so for me, like identifying those bare minimums is step one to working out your balance. And then there's kind of like a layer two where we go, okay, there's a second category or tier of priorities and I call them your wants. So the things you really want to do, the things that add that extra bonus into your life, but they're not essential for you to keep your gardens alive. They're like, if you, okay, if we're going to run with a garden analogy, if you were to add like fertilizer or, um, you know, just extra things to help it grow and thrive, it's only going to be a benefit and add on, mm -hmm. but it's not that bare minimum to keep your foundation like concrete. So, so you're afraid of bare minimum as en enough to make you feel like you're living to me, it's kind of like enough for me to feel like that area is not being neglected. It feels like it's just alive and well. Can I can I question you? Do you feel yeah. like you fall into this the category of that hustle culture that you feel like you have to be doing something? You have to like if you're not up early, if you're not completing something, if you're not doing something in that day, you feel like you haven't succeeded. Like, do you feel? I definitely have been in that category in the past, and I can notice. You came from Sydney, yeah. Yeah. And you know that Sydney is... So moving here for me has been like a mental cleanse of that need. And one of the things actually that's a non-negotiable for me, for my balance, is this thing called no agenda time. So for me, it's a pocket of time and I like to put it on a Sunday afternoon where I have no agenda. And it means when I get to that moment, I can decide what I want to do. Because how many times have you made plans like four or five weeks ahead? And then you get to that weekend, you're like, I cannot be bothered for this party or this event. <laughs> like I couldn't, I just, I made plans when I had the energy and now yeah. I can't be bothered. Yeah. So for me, that no agenda time lets me go, you know what, I do feel like being social or I feel like going to the gym or I feel like lying in bed and watching a movie. So that's something I've adopted when I moved here because I actually have the space in my calendar to do it. Yeah, um, nice. And it's something I really hope to maintain when I go home because I definitely um, feel that hustle culture has been toxic for me in the past is it something you've experienced well for anyone listening to this like obviously um that i'm from australia and i'm sitting across from someone who's also from australia but uh, lives in dubai and 
I think we both understand that there is a huge hustle culture, especially in Sydney. Now, I'm not from Sydney, but my clientele, my friends are from Sydney and they say that they feel like they're constantly failing. And, it con and, I'm, I'm, and I'm not uh, dragging down Australia here. We love we love living here. It's a beautiful place to live. But this, there is this hustle culture there that like if you feel like you are, haven't done everything that you need to do in that day, you are absolutely failing. If you're not up by five it, and, and that you're getting rewarded, people are getting rewarded. And this is my biggest ick when people say, Oh, like, you know, I'm at work, but I had like three hours sleep last night. Ha <laughs> ha. Not funny. <laughs> not funny. Not a badge like, of honor. Not a badge of honor. Exactly right. Like, stop doing that. I have fallen into that hustle, hustle culture. But I think I did it to myself. And it's because I care so much about what I'm doing. I love my community members so much. I was just telling one of my team, I was like, I went on a tour with Influenza A, a tour. And I, I couldn't stop. Like I was like, I can't stop. I have to attend this boot camp. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to keep going. I mean, this sounds terrible post COVID, but back in the day, <laughs> this wouldn't have been, that would have been a shocking thing. Wasn't frowned thing. upon then. <laughs> it wasn't frowned upon then. You don't definitely don't do that guys. But um, I was so, I was so sick and I was so tight and I was running myself down so much, but I just wanted to be there for the community. So yes, I've fallen into this and I've realized like now I love things that make me feel like I have balance are my family. Um, seeing my grandparents like sitting there realizing they have no wi-fi at their house they don't have mobile phones they have nothing um and and just being with them and spending time with them and just switching off mm. if possible it's the small things that make you present and again sometimes that's like could just be an hour with them right on a sunday and it gives you that boost for your whole week yep. it doesn't have to be like i mean obviously you take a whole day with them but even if it is just an hour so sometimes it's like especially for people listening that feel really busy i know a lot of people from australia are going to be listening to this yeah it's working out the bare minimums so it doesn't feel overwhelming to make time for yourself. Because I think the biggest problem most people have is like, I don't have time, right? And they don't all have, um, they don't maybe not all work for themselves or have really flexible jobs where they can curate their own schedule. So I always say start on the weekends, right? Like think about in the pockets of time you have control over, like how are you choosing to spend that? And don't look at it from a time-based point of view, look at it from the quality and like what's most fulfilling. So I love that, like, you know, your grandparents and your kids, like just moments with them yeah, is absolutely. really what completes it. If we kind of pivot a little bit onto the training side, what advice do you have for people going through moments now, whether this be jet lag, maybe something you're experiencing right now, <laughs> um, pregnancy, injury, when you have those moments where you can't train like you normally can and you really fall into that, you know, sometimes work gets really busy and mentally, I don't know if you feel this, but I feel like sometimes if I'm really stressed and I go to do weights, it almost is like an over stressor for me. It doesn't actually do what it normally does, which is lets me let off some steam and make me feel really good. So what advice do you have or what works for you in moments where you can't actually exercise the way you want when it's such a like important part of starting your day yeah I think like my biggest I mean I have this with my clients all the time it's and it's so weird I don't know why they do this but it's like as soon as they know that they can't do something they start looking at those sort of things they start researching that sort of thing they start they start like so say say you've got a massive injury uh you've broken your leg they start looking at gym videos of people doing squats and then they start comparing themselves being like, I wish I, and I'm like, why like are you doing that? Fruit. <laughs> yeah, why are you doing that? Like, just take some time, relax and do something else. Do something else productive, but do something else. Like, for example, I had a cesarean, two births cesarean. The first time, completely lost. All I wanted in my head was to go back to the gym, to go back to how I was. The second time, six weeks off. So happy, relax, just you know taking my time to do um, what I needed to do and and to rest but I'm still productive like I would do I'd, I'd be like okay let's do like 50 emails today 
and I felt like I did something. Mm-hmm. So it's not about trying to get back to do the thing that you can't do. It's about being productive somewhere else in your life so you still feel like you're winning. Yeah, it's like being present with where you are and what you can do. Absolutely. I find the mental shift though is the hardest part of that. So hard. Because obviously like physically you want to get up and move and, and that feels quite good but but the mental shift is is the toughest part of that because you do feel like and maybe again this is like my conditioning of hustle culture always needing to be productive. Um, but I think there is an aspect of like how do I how do I shift with my health to make it feel like I'm doing something for it? Do you, So in those moments, right, when you were not able to train post-birth, like what kind of things for you worked, whether it be like a, a mindset shift or even just things you could do that helped you mentally get through that period? So when you have, like, and for anyone who's listening, if you've had a baby, like you get baby brain. So like you forget, <laughs> like, and, and things are so logical and, and like make sense, you forget about. So I was so upset that I couldn't go to the gym. My first session back at the gym, I was not ready and I thought, for whatever stupid reason, I would go and do push-ups. That was like my first exercise I thought of. Like the dumbest thing that I could do that has the most pressure on your core, I thought I would do. I was crying. Anyway, I went back home. I called my sister and she goes, you know Anna's nap times? I was like, yeah. She goes, how long do they go for? And I had this full schedule. I was like, well, the first one's 30 minutes. She goes, okay, well, why don't you just put her in the pram and go for a walk for 30 minutes? And I was like, well... Yeah, push-ups. I, I could definitely do that. Anyway, I fell in love with walking. I like had these, I had Netflix playing and I had this thing attached to the treadmill that I would walk down the side street so there's no cars, guys, don't freak out. And I like had my headphones in, I'm just walking, I was watching Netflix and I, I was like, this is great. I feel like I'm doing something. I feel like I'm being productive. Like find something else. It's probably not what you were doing before, but find something else mm. that you love. And it's a great way to uh, start trying new things. Yeah, well, I was just going to say it's actually the perfect opportunity for you to be like, you know what, maybe this thing I haven't tried or I'm new to is something I might actually love. Because I feel like sometimes even just in life, we don't get the opportunity to explore different things, whether it be hobbies or, um, you know, different training styles. So that's a good opportunity. And I guess a good reframe for anyone in a period right now where they're like, you know what, I'm not able to train the way I used to, see it as an opportunity to try something new. I think that's really nice advice. I think that's the key, see it as an opportunity. Absolutely. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss what advice would you give to mums right now having a bit of a bounce back mentality don't Um, do it (laughs) just because i mean i've I've not had kids yet it's something i really hope is a part of my future i've got a lot of friends starting to have kids and i can't imagine the pressure we inflict on ourselves right it's totally self-inflicted i know it comes as well from social pressures I'm just curious what advice you would give to them because it's – I think it's – of course, don't do it. It's, it's very toxic. Um, easier said than but done you know though, what? right? Like let me – and I know that every mum listening to this right now will be nodding their heads and agreeing with me that it's – when we say that we want our bodies back, right, we're not saying that we want to look like we used to look like. We're saying we want to feel like what we used to feel like and that means – and that looks like having strength – 
having confidence, you know, getting up on a chair and getting something down and not thinking, oh my God, if I fall, there's going to be something seriously wrong. Mm. Like not stressing that you are responsible for a human, going to sleep and actually staying asleep. Like being able to sleep, honestly, is a game changer. If you can sleep, your recovery is 10x faster. Like, so like when we say, we want our bodies back. People are like, oh, bounce back culture. Bounce. It's actually, there's, it's very rare for a mother who was just post-pregnant saying, I want my body back. No one's saying they want to look, they, they're not that silly. Like they mm. know they're not going to look like that what they used to look like for about two years. But um, what we mean is we want to feel a certain way. Mm. I think that's a good distinction because potentially, I mean, I know what you're saying and I've not gone through it so I can't really comment but I, I, I think maybe there would be some people getting hung up on the physical aspect it's as well. It's not physical. Well. Like it's, it is so rare sense. for it to be physical. Once it, you once you you start to feel better and your body heals, then yes, you might you might look at yourself and be like, okay, look, I used to have 10x my muscle that I – whatever. But at the start it really is – about how you feel and things that you can do to change that is like what I did with Anna put her in the pram go for a walk get some mental clarity get mm. you know get your blood flowing flowing get do something for yourself because you feel like as a mum your whole life is dedicated to this child and they don't say thank you <laughs> for a very long time so you just feel like you're just outputting like and you get nothing in return mm. yeah well Maybe I'll be sending you a message when that time comes for me. <laughs> I get it. Like, I get it. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. Um, I I read somewhere and I know from a lot of the things you share online, you're the kind of person, I mean, even just from that story of you opening the door for the guy bringing the bottles, you're the, the kind of person that likes to make others feel good and be there for others. You've even said that in your shows you like to stay back and make sure you've said hi to everyone. And I think this is a really, like, beautiful, generous quality you've got. Do you feel like that has... You've had any situations where you've maybe had to set boundaries with that quality, where people have maybe taken advantage of it? I mean, I mean, I think I, yes. Like, I think that I have historically been told by everyone that, like, Kelly, you're, like, you're too nice. Like, people wouldn't, aren't going to do this for you. Like, people won't do what you, like, and no matter what it is, if it's, like, lending someone something or helping someone with something or, like, going out of my way to, like, take my friends to the airport four o'clock in the morning. Like people shake me. They're like, Kayla, like people are not going to do that for you. But like, I always say like, I'm not going to change. You like, know what? I I'm feel like change. I'm really similar. And my fiance always tells me the same thing. Like you don't have to do all these things. And I'm like, I actually want to do it. Right. But there is the, there is that. Do you, have you ever had to like draw a line for yourself and be like, is this what I want to do? Or am I doing this out of like habit? Like, have you ever had any experience like that? Where you, I couldn't give you one. Like, I just feel like my whole life is that. But like, <laughs> no, I, like I'm yet to draw the line. Yeah. Like, I know, and that sounds very bad. Don't take advantage of me, guys. Don't take advantage <laughs> of my niceness. Like, but I just feel like I haven't. I, that is my lesson that I need to learn, and I don't want to learn it in a hard way. But, well, maybe it's not right. I think some people maybe look at it as a bad quality, but I think for as long as you feel like you're not compromising on yourself and you're doing something that you know, helping others makes you feel good. It does like, make me feel good. Then I don't think there's a lesson to learn. I was just curious if you had any experience where... But am where I people... Like, I always th analyse, like, am I people pleaser? Like, am I... I always thought, that, you know, in my, like, really, like, low moments when I'm, like, not having a good day, I'm like, am I... Am I... And I'm angry and I'm like, am I, was I put on this earth to teach people lessons? Like, <laughs> like was that... Is that my purpose? Like, I, I, I genuinely have thought this since, like, I was... I remember, like, my first thought of this was, like, when I was, like, 12 years old. I'm like am I here to like teach people things like when I get really upset because like I feel like people learn 
after they've done it to me. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, yeah. I feel like back to your like people-pleasing comment, I think it comes down to are you doing it because you want their validation or are you just doing it because you want to be it. doing it? You know, so I feel like because I've definitely been a people-pleaser before and for me it's been like I almost feel like I want this person's validation and that's why I'm doing it. It's almost like a, uh, the, the origin of it feels quite like stressful and like an obligation. In Italian we call it doveri. They're like obligations, things you have to do. Whereas I feel like if it's coming from a place of, you know what, I just really feel like doing this, then I don't think you're running the risk of... Yeah, just, I just really like doing it. But then I think like if I say like, say I, I'm going to give you the most... This has never happened, but I'm just going to like say your house is a complete mess, right? And you're like, I'm, I'm so stressed. My house is a complete mess and I, I'm your friend. I'm like, you know what? You go to work. I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to clean everything for you. So like I will love that. My house but, actually is quite messy yeah, at the moment. Yeah, so I will clean your house for you. But then if you call me back, being like, so can you be my regular cleaner? That's when I'm like... Yeah, sure. No. That's when you that's, set a boundary. That's that, No. I did it the first time because you needed help. But, like, I'm not going to be used for this. Like, Sure. There's where I'm like, no. So you find it... You don't find it hard to say no? Like, setting boundaries for you is something that is easy? Because I feel like when you're quite generous... I'll make a joke out of it. Okay. Like, right. like I'm not going to do that every week. <laughs> Please don't ask me. <laughs> That's a good way to do it because some people find it really hard to set those boundaries. If we circle back a little bit now to like the fitnessy stuff, I'm curious to know if you've ever felt a plateau in your fitness journey. So I've kind of experienced this when I've been maybe doing a program or in the gym and I just feel like the love for it. Not that I don't get something out of my training, but I'm not as like excited to do the program or approach my thing like I feel like I need to completely change it up like instead of weights just go and do Pilates and run for like Great. six months so have you had that kind of experience no, no. you've always loved no, no no yeah so it's different when you're asking a trainer versus you're actually asking like one of my clients would, sure. would say something else but with a trainer like I I love all training styles so I can easily switch between and stay motivated so I'm a different I'm like built different and that's why like I'm your trainer whereas like my clients yes they will either you know uh, be really super hyper interested in one thing and then the next week like they said pilates and running mm -hmm. and that's why sweat was built because it's like i always said i cannot be everything for everyone not everyone likes bbg or now og kayla not everyone likes that mm. people like yoga and pilates and strength training like people love lifting weights when they feel stressed whereas you feel like it stresses you out more like that's why stress that's why stress that's why sweat was built it was for built for people that that hit that plateau and also for people who are listening to this and you've hit a plateau like have you hit a plateau or are you just comfortable in that training style and you're mm. not actually moving pushing up in yourself. ways and pushing yourself and changing up things like your playlists or like what time you go to the gym or like even like your your outfits can make a difference like it's it's crazy like to that music from what music you listen to can completely change your workout yeah the other day i got stuck in the gym in can you imagine i don't know if you guys have wells gym but it's like a bodybuilding gym yeah, and i was an in there and i was yeah. listening to their music because i forgot my headphones and i was like oh, i'm having the worst session and then i realized in the car i was like oh my god there's headphones in the car my whole session changed because yeah. i got my music back that's so true like how you set the tone from what you wear to what you're listening to like creates that environment um but yeah i guess i guess from your side and for your own kind of training do you have quite a versatile style then of training or do you have one style that you do for yourself not for your clients right now so i can't say what i'm doing right now but i'm trying a new style of training 
watch this space. And I really like it. And I said this, I wrote it on Instagram. I said, if this works, I'm going to make a program out of it and release it. And if it doesn't work, we're going to pretend I never said anything. <laughs> but it's good. Okay. Yep. So prior to this, what was like your style? Like are you more of a weights girl, cardio, combo? I love strength and cardio. So it, what strength and cardio to me looks like is doing like a, say like a deadlift, but then getting a skipping rope and like doing like 50 skips and then right. deadlifts and then 50 skips. So I'm always keeping my heart rate up. Like that is not how most people like to train, but it allowed me to get on stage and do these boot camps and be able to talk and train at the same time. It's just the way that it worked with my body just worked. Mm. It's true. Like you don't think of it having to like working out a rating and your heart rate up, but actually having to take people through that. You have to train for that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Wow. That's crazy. So back to, I guess, being present with your family and obviously like you run a massive business now, you mentioned you've got a bit of a flexible lifestyle, but in these moments, I mean, we're all human. We all have days where we kind of feel a bit lower, whether it's hormonal, whether it's just shit going on in life mm -hmm. how do you still show up for your community still show up online when you're feeling that way or do you kind of go a little bit more introverted and take that time for yourself no so like weirdly my family and my community are the only things that I know that will get me out of feeling the way that I feel so I will gravitate towards them for motivation when I feel like crap mm. and then I'm more by myself when I'm feeling good like it's so like it's like it's weird so I'm like if I'm having a really bad day I'm like where's my community where's my family like I know like, like, like I like run to them like they will help me whereas when I'm like feeling good I'm like okay I'm, I'm fine like I'm just going through the motions it's good but yeah I I'm weird like that I'll no that's interesting to try and find yeah would you say you're more of an introvert like yeah, I don't know I think my friends say like like I don't like going out and partying like I don't like the thought of like even my wedding, I was like, I don't like being the centre of attention and everyone like. Let Jay have the moment. Yeah, <laughs> let Jay be, yeah. So, yeah, just I think so. Yeah, more introverted. Uh, but am I? Like I don't know. I, t I could speak to anyone. Maybe a bit more of a combo. I guess it's like when you're. <laughs> I'm like, what am I? <laughs> when you're like on your own, like if you enjoy your own company. I like do enjoy my own company. That's a good thing. Yeah. What, um, what are some of your hobbies outside of like training and business? I hate this question. If there, I mean, sometimes because it's so like overlayered, like work and life for you is very like two in one. So sometimes I guess they, it falls under the same umbrella, right? I guess so. But like, like you, okay, you're going to think I'm real weird. This is going to sound like one of those like really like, like we're not going to post this, guys. It's a stupid answer. But like, if I have a free second, I'll look up like cleaning videos and stuff. Are you on the cleaning TikTok I'm side? On every, it's the best. Every cleaning TikTok, so anything good. you can think of. I'm like, if I have a spare second, I sit down. I'm like, clean talk, and then I'm like, oh my god, if you put bicarbs or a lemon in the microwave with water, it cleans your whole microwave. I'm gonna do that right now. <laughs> I like did that too. I've like made my own like soaps for home and like sprays and. That's me. Yeah. That, and like Jay's like, when you get stressed, it's kind of good. Like I just leave you, you clean, clean the house, everything. <laughs> I like, did that I too. It calms me down. Yep. The other day, you know the mops that you clean the floor with that have the trigger. Yep. I've got you one. You know of you those. can put them on the windows or put Windex in it and then clean the windows. In Stop. It? I know my hobbies oh, this yeah, afternoon. That's what I was like. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "That's me." Wow. No, Cleaning it's hobbies. So, given we're at the start of 2024, there are going to be a lot of people setting new goals, especially in the realm of health and fitness. Before I kind of ask you about yours, I want to know, do you have any like cardinal rules or frameworks or just 
things you stick by when you're setting fitness goals of like things to do or not to do? Okay, listen, fitness goals is my favorite topic. That's favorite get into it. because like for some trainers, they have only ever been social media personal trainers. I'll get a qualification and then they will go on social media and they will release programs. But for me, because I've been a trainer for so long, I've had and I have trained thousands of women and I have seen thousands of New Year's goals fail over and over again. And I like feel like I know why. So firstly, here's my like rambling thing about fitness goals. One, you set them too early, right? So you set them starting January 1st, I'm going to blah. No one should set a goal on January 1st because you're still coming out of that Christmas period, New mm. Year period, and there is so much stuff going on that you will miss those targets, especially if it's gym-based. Mm -hmm. Because it is just, one, it's so busy in that gym, but two, like there's so many other things going on and you need to prepare for like, if you're a mum, school and work and all this other stuff. So forget the 1st of January for anything. You set it too early. Two, you set one goal and you didn't set the goal after it. So like you were like, okay, I want to run 5Ks then what? Mm. So like you get to that and then you have nothing else and then you fall way backwards and then you try and jump between all these different fitness categories and routines and, and you don't have a solid plan. Another thing is you don't have it. The other one is you don't have a solid plan and you don't have a solid training routine. So you start doing like, you know, exercises that you found off TikTok that you say and, and you're chopping yeah. and changing and nothing is working for you and you're feeling scrambled. Mm. The other thing is not doing things like, um, you don't have to do this, but really focusing on eating a healthy, balanced diet, especially at the start of the year. You're still coming out of that Christmas and New Year period. You're still having those parties. You still, and you're just all over the shop. So, just my biggest tip is to count most of January out. Rule it off. Rule it off. Okay. Set three goals. When you set a goal, like this, I'm telling you, this is my favorite so subject. I can see the passion, the like, energy. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay, because my clients are like, okay, Kayla, this is this back of the day. I want to come see you three times a week. That's my goal. I'm like, okay, let's break this down. One, let's say you, let's say your goal is you want to go and join a gym and you want to go to the gym three times a week. First part, break it down. How much is that going to cost? Okay, how much is your membership? Do you require personal training when you're there? How much is that going to cost? How long is it going to take you to get to the gym? So is that drive time back and forth? What things do you need in your gym bag? Do you have a gym bag? How much is that going to cost to set up your gym bag? Do you have, you know, outfits, shoes, socks? Like do you write down the goal and everything you need for the goal? The drive time to the gym and back will normally be, I'm going to say for the average person, an hour and a half. So like as in you drive to the gym, you work out, you get back into your heart and go home. People set 30 minutes in their calendar to work out mm. at the gym. How are you getting there and back? Like I'm so – when it comes to this, you have to think about it. You have to get granular and be very practical. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the same thing with, um, you know, if you, if you say I want to have home-cooked meals, it's like that's great. When are you ordering – when are you planning what you're going to eat? Because yep. let's not discount the mental – toll that that takes to actually organize and what ingredients you need then you have to order or go buy i mean here we order everything so it's easy yeah <laughs> but you can go to the shops obviously then you've got to prep everything and i'm like a i don't like prepping for the whole week i'm like a two prep type person yep. so you know you have to get granular with these goals otherwise of course you're not going to stick to them i like the second tip you gave about you set one goal but you don't set the next one and do you feel like sometimes people set goals that are too small as well 100 or way too big yeah, so then they 
or either always working towards one and never getting it or hit one and like you said, like cross that plateau. Yes. It's yep. kind of like I think when it comes to health and fitness, one the only thing I would add is really getting clear on your why, right? Like what is what is the reason you're training, mm-hmm. right? Is it so you have the energy to go to work, to play with your kids, if you if you have um, other particular goals, whatever it is, like making that really front of mind is so important because when you're setting these goals, they form a part of that why. So even if you come off track or if you plateau, any of those things, you've always got that to come back to. I think we should also speak about people's whys and they lie about their whys as well so I find this out with my clients through their training session so they rock up the first day they're like I just want to feel confident and then the next session they're like yeah I want to feel confident you know because I don't feel confident right now because oh never mind and then the next session like oh you know my boyfriend cheated on me and now by myself revenge bod you peel back the layers. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, so what is your why? Like, just be honest. I don't care. I'm a trainer. Like, I'm going to go and tell anyone. Like, it's me and you. What is your why? Why are you really here? Like, why did you show up today? That's okay. It doesn't have to be your why forever mm. because it doesn't work like that. A negative starting why will always eventually with the right person, with the right trainer, will turn into something positive. You might start off really negative, revenge bod. I'm over it. And then a few weeks later, a few months later, it'll be... this genuinely makes me feel amazing. Like Mm. I feel strong. I feel powerful. I feel so good when I finish my session. I feel like I don't have to rely on anyone. Love that. Mm. But like just be honest. Yeah, that's true. And I think that just takes a little bit of space and time on your own to really peel back the layers, as you said. And it might take, like you said, with your clients, it takes three seedings for them to unravel yeah. sometimes it might take a few times it's funny like pts uh, my fiance used to be a chiropractor i feel like anything that's like not i don't want to say intimate but like almost turns into a therapy session as well all and of it. people just open up they open up <laughs> and they unload on you and like you just want to sort of shake them and be like you should have told me this the first session we this would have looked so different yeah at least you get there in the end yeah so speaking of goals i don't know if you've had a chance to think about yours yet i mean we're still in january so maybe um you know you've still got a couple of days to get yours ready for the rest of the year but do you have any 2024 goals when it comes to your health and fitness or let's open it up just in general so i said that i couldn't tell you what my training style that i was doing i was working on but my my goal which might give it away for next year is to be like as strong as possible so that is like and i have gone granular on this i already started this um but i won't go into too much detail and then my goal for business is just to grow sweat more categories like more trainers more things for women um and yeah really expand even more around the globe so we're already global but more global more (laughs) More trips to Dubai. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's really exciting. Um, and I'm excited to see what this new program's about because if it's got anything to do with strength, won't give it anything won't give it away from <laughs> what you're saying, then I would love but to like, see. Like I said, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, we never had this conversation and we can remove it from the podcast. We'll be absolutely scrapped <laughs> from this conversation. We'll be editing it out. <laughs> Just to end this beautiful conversation on, I'd love to know if you could give your younger self, maybe let's go back to Uh, before you hit that school fair in year 10, right, when you had no idea what was ahead of you. If you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? I've always thought about, like, what I would say to myself when I was young because I was always, like, really confident. Like, I didn't have to be, like, be confident or, like, be strong. And, like, I played in the boys' basketball team. So it was, like, like, nothing like that. But, like, I think that I've grown up in a world where, like, everything is, like, has to be logical. You have to be logical. Like, don't lead with emotion, blah, blah, blah. I would actually say like you can do that like you can lead with emotion you can 
be soft with people. You can do things for others and, like, you don't have to get upset with the outcomes that you get. Like, I remember just through the last few years, I'm always like, okay, be logical about this. Like, be logical about this. Like, don't be emotional about it. And, like, I wish I could just shake myself and be like, be emotional. Like, because it's only going to end up good. You only want the best for people. Mm. So, like, yeah, be passionate, be emotional. I'm not sure if you've um, tapped in much to like feminine, masculine energy, but what you've kind of spoken about is exactly that. Feminine's very emotional, intuitive-led. Masculine's very logical, decision-making, kind of go, go, go. And I feel like as women, especially going into big business and space that you're in now, you're almost not expected, but I feel like to step into those shoes, you feel like you have to have those masculine traits. And I feel like when you lead from that intuitive place it never leads you astray. Like it, it, it's really because it, it is it presents as emotional but it is like your intuition. Absolutely. And I feel like that is an absolute strength. So that's a really nice piece of I advice. like that. Lead with your intuition. Mm. Nice. Well, that's a beautiful place to end our chat on. I want to thank you so much for coming on the thank show today. Um, it's been a real pleasure getting to know you and I can't wait to see what, what comes out for you in 2024 in the Sweat app. My secret program. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank you.